our society does not celebrate the elderly and getting old. We have injections, we have all these things to keep us young. Well, getting old, what are we working towards and planning to have a good retirement and healthy and you know able to go travel and all this stuff. Why are we not doing that? We're working our asses off now and we're probably not gonna be healthy enough to do all that then. So I would say planning is the major thing. Hey guys. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Selfie Show. Where we are bringing you the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am Tori, the founder and now co-host of The Selfie Show. I'm a nurse, blogger, and podcaster. And sitting across from me is my extra saucy co-host. And I am Sam. I'm a flight nurse, college professor, podcaster, powerlifter, and co-host of The Selfie Show. Today we are talking off the clock with Emily Cosgrove. And we're actually getting to something we've never talked about on this show. Like our elderly friends. Yes. And I'm excited about it. One of our our favorite patient populations. Yeah. And Tori and I come from Pete's World, so it's really nice to kind of get into it with someone with a different angle of healthcare. Right. And she's also like an entrepreneur. So you know how much we love that. She's kind of a badass. We love her. Literally. <laughs> All right. What is your tip of the week, Tori? Okay. So Sam and I were just talking about this a few seconds ago because I wasn't sure if this was going to be a good tip, to be honest, but I just feel like it is what it is. And this is where I'm at. I think it's just sometimes good to to take life like in bite-sized pieces and that's just where I am mentally right now I feel like every day I can literally only handle the things that are on my to-do list in the moment I'm just very I feel like there's a lot going on like balancing a lot of things with school and podcasts and work and I have some changes coming up in my life which I'll be sharing with you guys down the road but there's just so much on my plate right now and I think like my, my aunt actually gave me this tip like years ago and she was like, Tori, if the only thing you do is send a piece of mail, like just take that, you know, during your day, like take that win, like you did something today, just keep it going, like do little things each day just to keep your life going. And sometimes that's just what you got to do. That's where I'm at. I feel like it makes perfect sense because it's not saying that you don't have to like have big plans or mm-hmm take on a lot of things it's like you can fill your plate all the way up but at the end of the day you're not gonna finish your plate by shoving it all in your mouth at once no you still sit down with your full plate and eat it one bite at a time right yeah I actually really love that advice yeah just take it one step at a time try and do like one or two like main things that you know you need to get done like just the other day we were Sam and I have just been so tired lately. Um, but just the other day, I was like, okay, I need to send out the swag bags. So, and behind the swag bags, I had like 50 other things I needed to do. But once I did that, I was like, oh, I feel really good. Like, I got that done. Last night, I swiffered and I felt really good about yeah. myself. Just like little things. <laughs> it's that you're hard like, oh. to sometimes do all the things. And I feel, I always feel like a failure if I don't do everything that I'm like supposed to do yeah but you can't do it all at once actually like I need to take your advice I like that I like yeah so for whatever reason my aunt's being like send that piece of mail and that'll just be like the one you got that done today like good keep going all right you know just little bite-sized things so okay what's your tip of the week Miss Samantha so funny enough I am Actually, by the time you listen to this, I'll just be getting back from my vacation in Cancun. Mm. And hello. Hi. Hi. So 
people are probably like, who the hell are you going to Cancun with? Literally going with my Brazilian wax lady that I've never hung out with outside of her and I getting to know each other on a very intimate level. (laughs) And I think it's like. She really knows you. She knows me. (laughs) And I think it's like fucking amazing. And I tell some people and they're like, wait, what? Because people are like, who are you going to Cancun with? I'm like, oh, my friend Katie. And they're like, who's Katie? I'm like, oh, well, she's my Brazilian wax lady. And they're like, wait, what? How did this trip happen? Honestly, I feel it feels so good to be in a place in my life where I don't like limit myself to situations or things. And I'm just like, "Mm, why not? Why not? not? Like we we're both kind of complaining how we haven't really had like a good vacation in forever and kind of were like, oh, we should like go to Cancun. I'm like, I'm so down. And she's like, I'm down. I'm like, if you're down, I'm down. And then we're like, all right, bet. And there we are. And it's just like. I think we get so comfortable with the people we know. And like, okay, if I wanted to go on vacation, Tori's got 900 million things on her plate. I had a husband. <laughs> and I have like a lot of friends that are married with kids or just like can't really travel right now. And Dude, we would totally carve out time. We should do that. We should. We should just carve out time. We, we're go. going to Bali. Yeah, we're going to Bali. Though, so we do have that. Yeah. But I'm like, if I just sat around and waited for like my yeah. regular group of friends to try to plan something, I mean, it's like it's never going to fucking happen. Right. So I could just sit there and wait around or I could just kind of put myself out there and make new opportunities and new opportunities for friendship. Like now I've become friends with this person who's like such a badass and seriously, like almost like my clone of me, her wax parlor is called see you next Tuesday. And that's why I bought. that's not on brand. I don't know. I literally was like on Yelp. Like, okay, I moved. So I was like, I got to find somewhere like closer to me. And I was like, Oh my God, this place is called See You Next Tuesday. Book immediately. And I was like, this person has to have a sense of humor oh, yeah. that obviously aligns with mine. And then the first time I went was like last year when I wore my, um, it was during Thanksgiving and I wore my Gobble Me Swallow Me sweatshirt with the turkey on it. And she was like, oh my God, your sweatshirt. And I'm like, oh my God, the name of your studio. And we like kind of became cool, but it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We finally crossed over that boundary of like yeah. becoming like real life friends. And I don't know. I just think that that's something I probably wouldn't have done in my younger days, in my 20s. Yeah. And then now I'm just like putting, I'm so much more open to just like friendships and trips and traveling opportunities. I'm like in a very say yes mode. If you were to be like, hey, you want to go here next weekend? Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> I will take, I will go anywhere right now. Like you want to go name any city, name any country. You want to go on vacation. You want to go on a trip here? Yes. I do. So just do it. Go. Good. I love go. This. You're like, literally you could die tomorrow. Go yeah. on the trip. Yeah. Go to the places. Go see the things. Uh. I love this. Love that for me. Love that for you. All right. Unpopular opinion. Okay. This one is really funny. It's inspired you guys. Okay. Ready? Yeah. You're never too old for TikTok. Thank you. You're not. I get so annoyed when people are like, okay, TikTok, like, no, I just can't get into that. Yeah. That's not good. It is not not for just Gen Z. I don't like that energy. Wrong energy. Wrong energy. TikTok is honestly, as much as obviously we're very Instagram- users that's our main platform tiktok is my favorite of the social media it's so great it's just the amount of okay their algorithm is disgustingly good how do they know algorithm is like plants dogs powerlifting hot shirtless muscular men (laughs) and that it also randomly as much as it sends me shirtless muscular men who are like very Mm -hmm. delicious looking Mm -hmm. It thinks I'm a lesbian too. <laughs> I'm on the LBG. I'm on LG for sure. T-B-Q but it's all the funny talk. ones. Like, it's all the funny ones. No, they send me like all the lesbians that are like 
like hot where everyone in the like comments are just like by panic has entered the chat <laughs> and i'm like why do they keep sending me this why does tiktok think i'm a lesbian and i'm also like wait what's okay. happening here <laughs> honestly okay so this is actually kind of funny and then i'm on nurse talk obviously well yeah duh okay so uh, here's the thing this week for anyone who knows my mom my mom is like let's let's give a little picture of my mom first of all she's very similar to sam let's we have that. the same birthday we have the same birthday They're literally capricorn, january 7th capricorn, capricorn queens I, i'm surrounded by capricorn women um and i love it they're very strong opinionated my mom is like ex she was she's just like badass get shit done she's no sugar she never i've never seen she her cry in her life and i love it she literally will go to the vet instead of the doctor and she'll be like hey can you fix this for me you know like that's just my mom okay anyway long Long story short you know she was she was a facebooker right she was like a boomer she was into this stuff well okay this past week my mother has been sending me tiktoks yes I and they're that. great i'm obsessed yeah, i like, was showing me them last night and i was cracking up i'm uh, like your mom sent you that yeah my mom is sending me these tiktoks and i'm so here for it i'm yes. so obsessed i love it i'm like my mom's like getting the humor like she gets it you know yes. what i mean like like she gets it she gets tiktok so i'm like i'm I'm like, and I'm shocked about this situation. I wish I had time to make more TikToks because I like love TikTok, but I just hate when people think they're like above that. I'm like, listen, you're too cool for TikTok, yet you're sitting there posting Facebook updates like it's 2012. <laughs> like get a... I hate no. to say this too, but there's a little piece of me that's feeling like Instagram's going to have its moment too. You know, I mean, Instagram's starting Instagram to try becoming and become... already? Maybe, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, Instagram tried to copy TikTok with the reels. Right. Like, it was like, if you can't beat them, trying to make it a them. thing. And to be honest, the re- they, I mean, I participate in the reels, but I'm like, I don't, I don't love that for me. <laughs> I don't love that for me either. It's one of those where it's like, you play the game because you kind of have to. I do like, okay, I love video content and this is where I get really mixed, right? Like, I love video, con- I love consuming it. And I'm trying to like making it. It's a hard thing to balance. But like some people are just so good at it. And usually it's the people that are funny. But it's like let TikTok be TikTok. Instagram like yes. wants Stop. to like have a monopoly over everything. everything. Like so why? They're like, okay, we're going to do TikTok too. Like originally they when they started stories, it was like biting off Snapchat. Because mm-hmm. you could have Snapchat stories and Instagram was like, well, we could do that too. Yeah, Instagram's starting to be the like little copycat. And then now with the reels, it's like sucks because they're... We're going to get shadow banned because they're listening to us right oh, now. Shit. <laughs> Just kidding. Instagram reels like, are the greatest Instagram thing ever. Instagram has become the new KGB. I love like- <laughs> Instagram reels so much. And I think they are totally original and do not copy Honestly, TikTok. like <laughs> Instagram is the new KGB. That's like what's happening. You know, they're listening. They know. Fuck, I Dude, know. they're listening. I know. If you look at my targeted ads, I'll be like looking at something on Amazon and then there's an ad for it on Instagram 12 seconds later. I'm like, oh, that's not weird at all. Yeah, that's It's just crazy. It's kind of creepy, to be honest. But yeah, but anyway, you're not too young for TikTok. Look, if my mom can get into it. I'm I put TikToks it. in my PowerPoints in my lectures. <laughs> See, I love this. And I don't know. I'm pretty sure my you know students what's great? think I'm like trying too hard to be cool. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not like other professors. I'm a cool professor. And I you know, the not. irony is your patients will, or your patients, your students will probably remember. Honestly. They'll remember whatever it is. That you I like. wish one of my patients would make a TikTok with me in it. Like, I would never repost it or like, you know, do any HIPAA shit. But I'm like, I work with teenagers sometimes. If one of them wanted me to make a TikTok, I'd be like, that would be the pinnacle of my nursing Absolutely. career. I would be like, I've made it. I'm the coolest peds nurse ever. I just got to make be in my like five stars. patients TikTok. Five stars. Yes. Rate right on Yelp. <laughs> All yes. the things. 
All right. So this week, we are getting behind the mic with Emily Cosgrove. She's a nurse that started her own home health care agency in 2015 from the ground up. She's now in two states and has three different locations and her revenue Bussin. It's like bussin, over a million dollar yeah, revenue. Yeah, I think she's closer to two million. That's now so point, rad. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, and then again, specializing in elder care. And we kind of get into it today talking about the elderly and even just she has some really good advice for any of us that have loved ones that are starting to get up there and things to think about. I mean, we're all going to get old ones. Oh, absolutely. And it's just it was really cool to get into it with someone who works in a different area of healthcare than Tori and I do because yeah. it she's was basically on the complete opposite talk. end yes. of us. But it's ironic because we have a lot of similarities. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So she has a total of get this, you guys, 80 caregivers seven administrative staff, which is crazy to me. And we really get into her story as how she started. She started as a CNA, became a nurse, and then now turning her life mission in towards entrepreneurship, essentially. And so she really comes on today. We're going to be talking about how nurses can really break away from the bedside. If you are interested in entrepreneurship, just highlighting all the things. And it's not all good. She gets into the, you know, we really get into the weeds here of the things that she has to battle as a business owner, as she owns her own business. And there's a lot of things that she goes through. And I just really like hearing her story. And not only that, being a nurse-owned business, like we're just here to highlight all of these moments. We're really excited to get into it with Emily today. So without further ado, you guys, let's get into the show. Yeah, no, we're we're really excited to get you on here today, Emily, to kind of hear all of the juice, all the deets about being going from nursing to entrepreneur. I think this is this is going to be such a good episode for everybody. I think just to hear your story, and then for anyone who wants to, you know, potentially start their own business, get some hot tips here yeah. today. Yes, especially right now. <laughs> <laughs> for now, it's the time. If you're listening to this episode, it's a sign. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, so before we jump in today, we want to kick it off with the question that we ask all of our guests. What is your unpopular opinion? Well, it's Friday, so my like wittiness, you know, is kind of out the window at this point. But um, the best I come up with <laughs> is uh, that I think that um, cheese is better than chocolate, which I think a lot of I hate chocolate. Oh, and yes. That is an Italian approved opinion. Yes. <laughs> like me. pasta, cheese, favorite cheese over all desserts. Yeah. All the things. So I would think that would be an unpopular oh. opinion. Nachos, tater tots, yep. sliders, Anything carbs, give unfortunately. It all <laughs> I'm down with that. We're here for yes. this moment. Okay. So, so for people who don't know you, we are always, we're very fascinated by journeys. We like hearing the backstory. Mm -hmm. So for people who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself where this journey starts. So I came from a family of medical professionals. My grandpa was like the main doctor in our um, my hometown growing up. My mom is a nurse. My aunt's a nurse. Grandma's a nurse. Everyone is either a nurse or a doctor. And then my dad is an entrepreneur. So kind of got all sides of it uh, growing up and, you know, grew up going to my mom's doctor's office where she worked and staying with her after school and things like that. So was around the medical field a lot. Uh, and so coincidentally did not want anything to do with it when I was um, going through high school and starting my college career. So I decided I was going to be a diplomat and learn all these languages and go travel and 
all those things and made it through one semester and was like, nope, this isn't for me. So switched to nursing, pre-nursing, and actually I have a degree in Spanish as well. So I'm bilingual. We should all have one of those. Which helped was a nurse as well. So basically while I was in undergrad, I was working as CNA, had all the energy back then and, you know, worked three jobs and just to, you know, have bar money and going out. But during that time, (laughs) I got to work alongside a really cool director of nursing for the facility I worked at. And they were actually starting their own home care agency within the independent living side of their facility. And so I kind of got to see the base of all of that. And since then, I've just been love my seniors. And that's kind of where it all started. And then it's just grown from there over the years. I mean, that was a long time ago. And then I've kind of branched off of that onto my own pathway of creating a very care-based agency. And it's a lot of the agencies that uh, you have home care, like a big franchise or something like that are going to be more uh, income-based, profit-based. And ours is obviously, (laughs) we're trying to you know, have secure our future, but in the same sense, it's nurse run. So we're very focused and advocating for our clients and not just signing clients, sending people out there to take care of them. I'm very involved. So that's kind of been the base of everything since I started as a CNA working all the way through a nurse. That's how I've grown into being what I do now. Super loaded question here, but you went from bedside nurse Mm -hmm you know, former CNA to like full-blown entrepreneur. Like, Mm -hmm. how do you do that? Well, (laughs) so I kind of just like, I kind of got the experience um, of running a company because I had seen the first place I worked at as a CNA start their own home care agency. And then whenever I was in nursing school, so I graduated undergrad, went to school for five years, then went back for two more years for uh, my nursing degree. I worked and managed a big home care agency. So I kind of got all the things that I wanted to do different and all the things that worked then. And then I've just kind of turned it into my own thing. I did bedside nursing for two years, postpartum unit. I was bored, to be honest. I mean, it was great. I loved the people I worked with. I think every nurse can say that, but I never got to bond with my patients unless they had, uh, I wasn't even on high risk. We were a level one trauma center. So we had high risk antepartum and postpartum and labor and delivery. So I was literally just doing breastfeeding and, you know, it just wasn't, wasn't Back for me. Yeah. 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 And yeah. passing, you know, Tylenol, which I'm not saying that postpartum is bad. I mean, there were our days where we had hemorrhages and things like that, but I just felt like I couldn't connect with my patients like I do now. I mean, some of our clients that we've been have been with us for three, four years now, and you create a bond with them and you become like family. I feel like I could impact their lives more than me just being in postpartum or any bedside nursing, really. What was that transition like leaving or when did you kind of know that you were ready to walk away from the bedside? I'll be honest that I don't think that I ever envisioned myself staying in bedside very long. I knew that I wanted to start a home care agency, but I knew I wanted to get the nursing experience as well. I went to a nursing school that um, was very closely involved with the level one trauma center that I worked at. So I got to see a lot of really neat things and do a lot of cool preceptorships and things like that. So I learned a lot of different aspects 
but I never really connected with that aspect of it. I just really wanted to go back to being able to, it's not really making your own hours or, you know, making your own decisions. It's really what makes you feel the happiest. And although this has been the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, it's the most rewarding thing when things come together. It's so crazy that you're saying this because I think this is something that so many nurses battle mm-hmm. with. Like, I think that's a very real aspect of what we do is, you know, you kind of have this mentality initially going into nursing, like, this is what I'm doing and I'm so excited. And, and then you kind of get into it and you realize what bedside is. And, and, you know, you start thinking about like, is this what I want to do for my whole life? And for some of us, that's not always the answer. And I think mm-hmm. what you're getting at is being your own boss mm-hmm. and like being able yeah. to control your hours and being able mm-hmm. to, you know, really take charge of what you're doing and your own business and your own, you know, prerogatives and take charge of it a little bit. And I think that what's interesting is, and we've had a lot of nurse entrepreneurs on here, we've started mm-hmm. to bring on and highlight all the amazing things that nurses are doing and specifically in your what you're doing right now in the population that you're caring for I think doesn't get tapped into nearly enough no because it's really hard I will not sugarcoat one minute of making your own schedule or being your own boss because it is a very lonely island sometimes um even though I have a very supportive husband and partner I just feel like I make all the decisions. And some days I just tell myself, I don't want to make one more decision today. I would just like someone to come in and make the decision for me. (laughs) But that's what I tried was getting to do my own thing for having that responsibility. So before someone thinks, oh, well, bedside is just not for me. They've really got to look at it from the point of view that you don't have five other six, 10 other nurses backing you up to make these business decisions when you're first starting out. Like I did this all by myself, really. I had a business mentor, but I didn't have like a group of people that were telling me what to do. I mean, this was all my ideas, my thoughts, my policies, things like that. And it's scary because you don't know whether it's going to work. You don't know whether, you know, people are going to respond to you in a way that's positive and it's going to really succeed. And I think, and a lot of it is that I've had to try to find people that are like-minded like me that can embody what I want to do with my clients and how I want to treat them. And that's been really difficult because it's hard to find people that are hardworking and yet compassionate and it's tough. Can you kind of give a background or explain to our listeners what your company actually is and what it is that you actually yeah. do? Because oh, we yeah, kind of talked about how you got there, but like break yeah. it down. So we take care of mostly seniors. Um, sometimes we'll have like a quadriplegic or something, a younger adult. We don't do any peds. So basically we are non-medical. So we don't hire nurses. We hire more CNAs, caregivers, PCAs, things like that. But we do personal care, bathing all the way up to hospice care. And then sometimes it's just as simple as taking them to a doctor's appointment or providing companionship. So a little old lady that doesn't want to be at home alone at night and their family doesn't live nearby, we're going to stay with her seven nights a week or 24 seven, however many hours she needs or 
if she just needs to go to the grocery store a couple times a week and needs transportation, we'll do that as well. So it's a wide range array of services that we provide and managing quite a high staff number is what we've had to learn the most, you know, keeping the consistency. So take me through this moment. Like you decide you're leaving bedside and you're like, I'm starting an agency. Like, where do you start? Well, un- where did you even <laughs> all the regulations and like, like, like stressing me out yeah, even thinking me about yeah. having like, to like look up all the policies totally. and regulations where do you and even, insurance where... and uh, government yes. location. Yes. Yeah. So I had always kind of been based out of it's more of um, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, so bigger city. And then we have kind of like a lake area that's more retired seniors. So that's where our office is. And then we have an office in Asheville. Um, as well. And so huge retirement community, very big growing area. Um, so you look at basically hotspot of where are your seniors, where are your retirement communities? And then also like the median, uh, it's a private pay service. So the median income, things like that. So unfortunately I was doing bedside. I was planning on no, nothing ever works out for what you envision, you know? <laughs> so I'm <It's> the truth. <laughs> planning for years to start this company, had started, you know, with investments, had gotten all my policies written, and I was planning on going PRN at the hospital and then doing this on the side until I could pull enough profit to where I could pay myself, right? So I've had, at this point, five shoulder surgeries in my life. I had a provider malpractice when I was like 14. So I've had these like lengthy shoulder issues forever. Have a shoulder surgery. They say, oh, we're just going to do a clean out. No big deal. And uh, end up just not being able to go back to bedside at all. So I have to do a 360. I actually got a job as a workers comp RN case manager, which is actually a really good option for anyone looking for something to do at home. Very low stress. You know, I worked probably 35 hours a week or less from home in my pajamas and then was able to kind of build my company from there. The first three months of the business, I Ubered everywhere because I wasn't allowed to drive. I was in a full immobilizer sling. So I mean, riding in style, I mean, like showing up to these clients' houses, like, yeah, I'm going to be providing care for you. You know, I'm not physically doing it, but we're going to be providing care, but I can't like drive right now. So, you know, but really, truly having the heart for it. And people didn't care, you know, Uh, they knew that I was a good person and that they were going to be taken care of. And that's kind of how we started really small for the first two years. I did it all myself. So eventually a year and a half later, I got to quit my other job. I brought on one other person, started doing more marketing, and then we just took off. Probably didn't pay myself for a good two years, a solid paycheck. So just anyone who's starting a business, just accept that you're not going to pay yourself for a while. <laughs> yeah. I think that goes for yeah. so many. Like I, we feel that like, High five. Five. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Hey baby. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's a grind when you're really starting these, these things. And, you know, we don't talk enough about that, about the entrepreneurship side of it. Cause I think it all looks so glamorous from the outside. 
you know, it all looks like you're kind of like expect seeing... to fail before you ever see any level of success. <laughs> right. So I like read all these books and they're like, we started seven companies before the eighth one took off. It's not going to be pretty. I had mental, I mean, I was working two jobs. I was also filling in on shifts sometimes to make ends meet. You How know? many agencies like this are actually nurse led? Because I don't feel like that is very common. Not many. No, a lot of people will buy a franchise as an investment. So basically it would be like a person with some extra money laying around that buys a franchise and then they hire staff and you would have maybe a salesperson going out to sell the services and then a nurse coming in for maybe 30 minutes doing an assessment and then sending out whoever into the home. Whereas we're trying to have a nurse go out for two, three hours and really get to the bottom of how are we going to keep this person from being readmitted into the hospital or keep them from falling, look at their nutrition side of things, look at, I mean, we um, have massage therapists that we partner with, in-home hydration, financial advisors. I've set up kind of this team of people that can help our clients so they don't have to keep searching for, once they've found us, they can just kind of get all the things. So Amazon list and all that stuff for all the supplies. And I think that's what makes us successful um, is that we really do care about keeping the client in the home right now, especially you don't want to be in the hospital. Well, I think I, my family just experienced with this. My grandma just moved into a um, Mm -hmm. senior care, like assisted, like they Mm kind of have both different areas of like assisted living versus Mm -hmm. just senior care where they'll take you to your doctor's appointments. But it was a really hard transition for her. It's been hard. And even for us, and then even before that, trying to figure out how long we could keep her in the Mm -hmm. home. So I know, and actually I was a home health Mm -hmm. aide while I was in nursing school. I I wasn't a CNA, so I couldn't technically Mm -hmm. be like a CNA, Mm -hmm. but I was a home health aide and then finally got a job as a CNA. But even though, you know how some hospitals will hire you as like a student nurse aide? So you can function exactly like a CNA, but not all hospitals will. But I was a home health aide and I feel like it's such a weird industry because there are so many different agencies. And I would say as someone who's worked in one, I feel a lot more comfort and trust knowing that it's like nurse led Mm -hmm. and it's not just some random business person that's like scooping up on this investment and then is going to when they're making decisions they're looking at the papers and the financials and making positions I mean that's what we deal with in healthcare is there's a lot of people running our healthcare world from insurance pharmaceutical companies and then actual hospital administration that have never worked a day in their life in healthcare. Mm -hmm. they're looking at the numbers they're doing the business thing and they're running it as a it's a business so they're running it as a Mm -hmm. business and then the entire side of humanity and compassion and what it all boils down to and why anyone's even there giving care gets Mm -hmm. lost in that situation so i think i would find a lot more trust and comfort knowing that this is coming from someone who's been there. And that's also been really tough for me because I want to help everybody and it may not be the best business decision. Um, So I've learned a lot of lessons. Yeah. How do you balance that? How do you balance giving good care, but still running a business Mm -hmm. and making a profit and, you know, paying your bills, (laughs) putting food on your table? Because it's a balance. It It is. And I think as nurses, we have this heart that we want to 
you know, focus more on the care and I do, you know, that's number one, but I also have to do the business stuff, which to me isn't sometimes as fun, but I also hired an operations manager recently who has more of the business background. She doesn't go out into the home, but she keeps me kind of on track. Like, well, we looked at our numbers and we need to do this. We need to do that. And it's really opened my eyes, like actually running the numbers and seeing, you know, this client that we're servicing for two hours a week is not, and it's hard to keep caregivers there, you know, and I want to help them so much, but I mean, sometimes you just have to say no. And that's really hard for me, for sure. That's definitely a Mm -hmm. tough aspect. I would say the toughest aspect owning your own business is that you're on call 24 seven. I mean, oh yeah, there's no backup. There's no, you can't call off. Like, no. And I mean, can you even turn your phone off while you're on vacation? I did actually. Uh, After I hired the operations manager, that's hard. Which I mean, that Uh takes away from my possible salary. But at this point, to grow, and that's another thing. I could, I could seriously sit on here with y'all for like six hours and just (laughs) tell you all the things I did wrong at first and all the things I did right. Hiring her, even though you know I'm having to pay her quite a hefty salary, in the end will pay off because sometimes I need a break and I can't be my Mm -hmm. best self out in the home signing a client or making the decisions if I'm burnt out. That work balance and in my relationship too. I mean, we went through a lot. He's part owner of the company. So he does have a decision making aspect of it too. And so we've had to learn how to do that together. He doesn't really do any of the day-to-day, but you know, financial decisions and stuff. I have to run those, you know, through him sometimes, but he's been really supportive and letting me do my own thing, trusting me. But I think it's paid off for him. Yeah, so I would think yeah. so. So is it like full family business for you guys? Now? Yeah. Um, I mean, we're 50, 50, that. so we're not, we don't have any kids. So it's just us and the two dogs. Oh, those are kids. I can't, yep, they I don't have kids. time for kids. I will fight anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I will fight anyone that tells me my dogs aren't my yeah. children. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a touchy subject. <laughs> so what are your like long-term goals with this yeah. company and just in general? Like if you would have asked me a year and a half ago, I would have told you that, yeah, it was to make it into as many cities and all that. But I mean, not to bring down the mood, but the staffing crisis Real right too. now is just so bad. Yeah. And so we had a four hour meeting That's everywhere. yesterday. And we're like, we've got to figure out how we're going to fix this um, because it's not an option to fail, you know, not that we're anywhere near that, but I just feel like we're not able to provide the consistency for our clients like we have in the past. And I'm like, all right, so how are we going to change this? So we talked about what, what do you think changed? Like what, what about, I think I, I didn't really, you know, as, as a nurse, I didn't realize that people how scared people are of COVID and maybe people that haven't researched enough about it or, you know, or just listening to certain outlets, um, social media, whatever. I think a lot of our caregivers are scared of COVID. Maybe they might be a single mom that they get sick, their kid has no one else, or they don't have transportation because somebody has to be the breadwinner and they only have one car now because there's a used car shortage. So they can't afford to buy a car. So what we're kind of brainstorming is to maybe provide upon hire, like a car maintenance package or work with the county and provide daycare because daycare is a nightmare 
right now for everybody. They have to have those basic human needs in place before they can provide it for anyone else. So safety, security, you know, ability to trans, you know, go places and have their kids be safe. And so we're trying to brainstorm ways to do that and keep people. And, you know, it's sad, but we're going to try to be the one that changes the mold and they want to come work for. So I honestly love that, though, because I think in an industry of caring, a lot of employers don't take care of their employees. Mm -hmm. And then that trickles down into the bottom line, which is Mm -hmm. the patient or whoever you're providing care for. And if more people poured into their or their employees, the way that you're describing, Mm -hmm. that leads to their them being better to then provide for others as Mm -hmm. well. Because it starts at that level. And I think that gets so ignored in healthcare. Like even just from working in the hospitals, it's like Mm -hmm. we get worked to the bone. And to tell me that doesn't compromise the quality of care would be a bold face. But you got a pizza party. Yes. And donuts. And And if your night shift, if your night shift, it wasn't even fresh pizza. So it's like, yeah, I know that's like, but they're ignoring what everybody says, you know, like, yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. It's tough. Um, It's tough. But yeah, I think just taking care of them on those mm -hmm. little things that you even just mentioned childcare. I, I teach nursing school and so many of my students have struggled the last year because they have kids and their kids aren't in school. Mm -hmm. And they're like, how am I supposed to be in class when my kids are home from Mm -hmm. school or they're on zoom and I'm trying to be on zoom. Mm -hmm. And I know some professors are like sticklers who act like, well, if you're in class, you need to be treating it as if we were in the classroom. And so you still need to find sitters for your kids and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I literally don't give a shit about that. If your kid is in the background or they interrupt you in class to go ask you to get them a glass of water. I don't give a shit. You're an adult. As long you're as you're a good nurse. Groundbreaking. Yeah. Yep. Like, well, are you like still in my class? Like the fact that you're still mm-hmm. here, you're still engaged. Like life doesn't stop for just one person. And I just think that we get so, I don't know, unrealistic expectations of people and not taking in account to their situations at all. And it's sad to me. It's what yeah. a year, man. Yeah. How hard has it been this last year for your company to just function during a global pandemic? Well, everybody <laughs> pulled their people out of uh, long-term care. So we actually saw an increase, like like a quadruple increase in our just business and income and everything. And so that was a little fast. And I think that's what I'm recovering from right now, honestly, where we've sat down and had this meeting like okay this is what we've done in the past year just to survive so how do we go forward and make it better clients were scared you know really honestly we did such an excellent job i <laughs> spent a lot of money on ppe they all had n95s and shields which i don't think a lot of companies did that was just like a cloth mask and once we implemented those we had no transmission um between oh, awesome. and I think we only had two that actually either the client gave it to the caregiver or the caregiver I think we had one caregiver possibly give it to a client but how could you tell you know and everyone was fine and yeah so I think you're the first guest we've had on that's actually specializes in senior care mm-hmm. which is really cool to me because obviously Tori and I come from a pediatrics background but like my grandparents are my world. I mean, three of them have passed and I have just one grandma left. But like, 
I love seniors, even though I personally have never worked with them beyond like nursing school. And I think it would be fun to kind of pick someone's brain who works in that side since we've never had a guest on that works with seniors. Just they're like, a mess. <laughs> for, uh, I know. Oh my god, my grandma's med box gives me anxiety. They're the hilarious. Morning. Though. And then her alarms on her her med box has an alarm on it, Tori. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Like it, her med box goes off to like it's ah, like yeah. there's it. it's madness, but I don't know if you could just offer life alert. Uh, yes, she has a life alert too. <laughs> yeah. And then she doesn't use it sometimes. So it's so I frustrating. I want to create one of those. Let's do it together. Don't oh yeah, seriously. Let's, let's do so it. my my grandma had a life alert. She wasn't wearing it it was on her nightstand instead of pressing it mm-hmm. she picks up the phone calls 911 for chest pain and they come pick her up and take her to the hospital but because she didn't use her life alert none of us were notified none of her emergency contacts so her caregiver in the morning comes over to do the whole bath thing and is like she, she's here. gone like the rapture <laughs> like my grandma yeah. is missing from the household and my, she's like what the hell? And then she finds an EKG strip oh, on the floor. God. Oh, no. So obviously she had chest pain. Yeah. EMTs come. They do an EKG. And then they took her to the hospital. But they didn't leave a note saying where they were taking her. They didn't leave anything. There was just this one lonely EKG strip to tip us <laughs> off that she's obviously somewhere. So she... They, caregiver calls my aunt and my aunt has to call all the local hospitals to track down I'm which one they didn't call your family they don't like no that's mm-hmm. not emt's like concern but no no no, she... no when she got to the hospital i'm just surprised, but like, she's like, like this old lady half the time they don't even know like well anything. i will say that a lot of hospitals don't do the best job of they don't um, care they don't have the time and energy well they They're don't worry about it they don't provide a good assessment for their cognitive ability sometimes and yeah and also old people can play it off really well mm-hmm. especially my for their grandma doctor when they're going in for their yearly and we're like this one clearly has dementia like yes clearly has dementia and the doctor's like no he's fine like he answered all my five questions correctly and like well he was out in the street in his underwear two days ago like seriously (laughs) this is like literally yeah like it it's not funny but it's you got to find the humor and it's only funny because it's like true and like i my other grandpa did have alzheimer's and my other grandma had dementia so it's like to me it's funny just because i've lived through some like i've lived through it and i'm like oh my gosh do you have any funny stories you can share So I this really is, want to get like this is my game. podcast idea, but it's like goes against all HIPAA laws because I, I think this. it would be hilarious to have primary caregivers like the daughters and the you know wives or whatever come on and tell these stories because it's hilarious. Some oh, of this, I some bet of the that stuff would be that good. They, like, come up with it's kind of like kids. Like some of the stuff they come up with, you're just like, what or do? Um, I've gone into homes where things are like rigged up, like. The remote is hanging from the ceiling because he has mobility issues and you know like he can't read like it's just I mean of course my grandpa used to like to mess with my family and pretend that he would fall so he'd walk in and like hold his back and then he'd be like oh I just fell and then he (laughs) but I was outside with him my my ex-fiance and I were outside with him and he's all oh I just fell and he looks at my ex-fiance and winks (laughs) and we're like oh my god you are like literally just uh, fucking with them so right great. now and then they start freaking out and we're like old he did not fall like stop it we had this old man who um his wife fell like we had just left the house for the night we didn't have night care at the time so 
he she fell so he made her a like pillow bed on the on tile the floor oh, I love- oh that's so <laughs> and he went laid on the couch and then so oh. we get there at 8 a.m you know the next morning this 8 p.m to 8 a.m and we get there our caregiver does and she calls and she's like well she's on the floor in the kitchen like <laughs> and he's on the couch and we were like why did you not call i didn't want to bother anybody I'm like oh, oh that's my always goodness. old people they never want to bother uh-huh. anyone yeah it's always that so can you offer like our listeners or people if they're starting to have like their family members some of them become elderly just any good advice for them as they're looking maybe into home care or just things that they can do to kind of make life better for their loved ones. Before we get into that, we've already said it. Are you ready to travel? Are you burnt out? Are you looking for something new? Because if you are, now's the time to revamp that resume. And let me tell you guys this. I was actually just helping a friend with um, her resume and she's actually an RT. And so I referred her to the Resume RX. You guys know, we've talked about it here several times. This is the best way to stand out in your job search. And we did a like the plug in so she purchased the the bundle and then plugged everything in and it was perfect for her too like so not only nurses but rts i think this is actually super applicable for anyone new grads if you're someone who's looking to travel nurse all the things this is easy fill in the blank solutions for your resume and cover letter it's so wonderful if you guys want to check out head down to the link in the bio and get your resume spruced up today with resume rx right fellow night shift people Lumify Unite Light. It's going to change your world. Also, if you don't even work night shift and you are one of these weird day shift people, <laughs> I also recommend it because sometimes your patients are trying to sleep. Well, it's Get a little useful. peace and quiet. Or, or you or, work in the NICU. Absolutely. It's dark. Mm-hmm. In our in our isolates because they're supposed to be dark. Um, or even if you have someone in your family member who is a flight flight attendant new moms new dads absolutely this is a great gift you guys so this is unite light we brought on the founders here a few episodes ago so this is not new to you unite light is lightweight hands-free liquid repellent and cleanable by any hospital grade disinfectant love Love this for us okay not only that if you are someone who's newer in the field and you have a preceptorship this is a great gift for your preceptor we highly recommend this so if you guys head over to lumifycare.com and you Use code SELFIE10, C-E-L-L-F-I-E-10. You guys will get 10% off of your purchase. Again, that's lumifycare.com, code SELFIE10, C-E-L-L-F-I-E-10. I can tell you to start at a young age and planning. A lot of people are scared to plan because they don't want to think about getting old. Our society does not celebrate the elderly and getting old. We have injections. We have all these things to keep us young. Well, getting old, what are we working towards? If getting old and planning to have a good retirement and healthy and, you know, able to go travel and all this stuff, why are we not doing that? You know, we're working our asses off now and we're probably not going to be healthy enough to do all that then. So I would say planning is the major thing. Um, Getting a good elder care attorney to write up good wills, advanced directives, all that. I go into homes, people don't know what a DNR is. People don't know anything about like the doctor's offices just don't do a good job preparing these families. So um, we try to tell them um, and I try to tell all of our friends, like if you have a grandma that's starting to show signs of dementia, go ahead and get a caregiver 
just there one day a week or, you know, somebody to make her comfortable as she's progressing, whether it's dementia or Parkinson's or just getting weaker, it could help prevent that one fall because she got a shower while someone was there on Wednesdays, you know, and she didn't try to take a shower by herself, grab bars in the bathroom. Oh, I don't think I need that. She's fine. She's never fallen. What about that one time she goes and grabs that towel bar that's been there since 1950? Like that ain't holding grandma up. It's it's coming down. <laughs> so this is kind of funny. This is close to home. What about for the families who grandma or grandpa, their mind is perfectly fabulous, but their mm-hmm. body is giving out really quickly mm-hmm. and they are really resisting someone coming into the house. Do you have any it's good tough. tips for them? Yep. It's really so tough. Hard. This is Jake's grandma, Vivian. She just like, well, and I'm like, she needs help. I think that goes back to the planning. My parents are in the mindset that they understand they're going to need care at some point. And if we don't talk about it, and some of them are so resistant, like they, it's like a family war going on whenever Mm -hmm. they're trying to talk about it. But really it comes down to unfortunately making some type of decision. Like we either bring someone in slowly and you get used to them and you make the decisions, you know, like you pick the person you, if you're uncomfortable, we'll change people. You know, I'll be there with you the first time. This is what we have to do to keep you safe because you can't end up in the hospital right now. You can't end up, you know, in a nursing home that's severely short staffed. Like you're going to fall three times more there um, than having somebody watching you, you know, at least a couple of days a week. So helping you with the shower and it's really on a case by case basis how you, how you do it. If I come into the home and I really sit down and connect with them, it is very successful. And then once they have that first, second visit, they're like, oh, why did I not do this before? I think that's a big point, like to have those conversations early, because a lot of families wait until it's absolutely like necessary. There's no other option. And it makes it a lot harder than if this was more of a gradual mm-hmm. thing. Like my parents are 60s in their 60s. And we've already talked about it. My mom actually works for me up at our other location. And she started going in the homes and seeing, you know, these people that were struggling. And she's like, okay, um, we're getting long term care insurance. First off, yeah, Two, we're oh, that's interesting. updating our will. And we are going to go ahead and put a deposit down on a place where we can be. I love that. I mean, but that's, you know, and, but not all people have that ability, Mm -hmm. you know, to think ahead like that. But the more you talk about it and like I said before, growing old and having those things happen are not a great conversation. I mean, yeah, some of the things they say are funny, but dementia is the worst, the worst thing I've ever seen families go through. And luckily when they have us, I can be like a sounding board and make mm-hmm. suggestions and we can get extra physical therapy, OT, like massage. One of our dementia clients loves her massage every week. You never would have thought of that. Like the family wouldn't have thought of that mm-hmm. as being an option. Um, she also gets hydration therapy because she doesn't drink water. So you have to figure out different ways to make it to where you're not just shoving water down their throat. You know, mm-hmm. you're doing it different ways and it just takes being creative and patient. How many people do you have working for you now? 80 something, right? 
Over the two locations, about 80 caregivers. We have about 50 clients right now in total. And then I have five admin here in Charlotte and then two and another nurse in um, Asheville. And I just hired another nurse here in Charlotte. From your perspective, I am really curious about this just from like a selfish mindset, like payroll, billing, licensing. How did you learn about all of it? Like, how did you, where did you start? Google is your best friend. (laughs) There you go. Google University. Google University. Yeah, because in an industry like mine, I'm not going to go, I'm sure I could have, but I saw all the home care stuff before when I worked for the other agency, but you're not going to go shadow some other home care agency that's going to be your competition. It's a long process. Like, I mean, as far as, so investment time on the back end before you even started the company, it took how many, like how much time were you putting in prior to... Two years of policy writing, applying for a license. Of course, the month I applied for my license was a month after they did a moratorium on a full license. So I went a year without having a full license. It was like a um, companionship only. So we could only accept certain clients. So I had to be really careful about that. Of course, my luck. Um, But then we got our full license and it just kind of took off after that as well. But I thought making money meant you did everything yourself and it would just happen. No. The minute I hired a social media manager and a um, scheduler in the office, we like quadrupled our sales. What that's such a big thing to talk about is to really tap into bringing on help of with people in the sense of like the things that you're not good at and to like pass that off and how much that helps expedite your business. How much- I thought that I was doing great on social media posting once oh, a week. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, right now everything is on the internet. And if you don't have a good social media base and a blog, the minute I started writing a blog, one of my best friends um, owns a blog writing company and um, she was like, yeah, just try this. Like I'd never heard of SEO marketing. Like, what is that? You know? And she's like, just try the blog for a few months. And it really like boosted our Mm -hmm. Google ratings and everything. And people were able to find us. If people can't find you on a Google search, they think Mm -hmm. you're fake, you know? So no matter how much I spent on marketing, if they, Google gods didn't approve of (laughs) you. I mean, you were not going to succeed. Um, But I also can't pay five grand a month to be number one on Google, but I can make sure that we do a good job. So all my clients leave us a five-star review and we do a blog every week and we're doing all this social media and all that. It's a big part of it. It just took off after that. We don't really tap into that enough. And it's funny too, because we're not, you know, again, we work in the healthcare field. We were not, we're not, marketing majors we're not business majors these are things that Mm -hmm. you just sort of like you get scrappy with it and you just figure it out and obviously we're in this Mm -hmm. huge time this huge push of social media and having a presence and I think one of the biggest mistakes that I see with companies that he honestly that will approach me is if they don't have a, a clean looking 
social media presence mm-hmm. or website or something to represent who they are, I don't want to work with them because point blank, mm-hmm. the customer, maybe I would work with you, but someone else that I'm referring to you, I want you to right. have the right kind of presence. I want you to represent your company. And I think right. this is something I've, I have worked with some companies I regretted in the past because they didn't have the right type of, mm-hmm. I, I really liked them and I I just think it didn't translate well because they on their end weren't doing mm-hmm. their own work. And I think that's a big thing that we don't talk about. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I knew nothing about social media other than posting every aspect of my life, you know, when you're in college, like those Facebook memories. Oh yeah, when we would drop day. all the pictures oh, in our Facebook. Yeah. All of yeah. them, like that's every the picture, all, all the, the albums. albums. Yeah, from that party that you attended last night. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, oh, Lord. But, um, you know, I didn't know anything. So I spent a lot of time on YouTube for WordPress uh, because that's our uh, website. I did not build it, but I maintain it Um, and spent a lot of time learning about SEO. That's um, like been the bane of my existence. And just (laughs) that has been the bane. I mean, it's well worth it. And I agree with you. But it's, it takes so mm-hmm. much time. It takes a lot of time, but it's worth the investment. So for you, I'm just curious, for your clientele, are your clients the ones, like, they're still, why would someone come to you and not go into a home? Because they're still safe in the home. Um, or we can modify the home for them to be safe. I don't accept combative patient or clients um, because I think it's an unsafe situation unless it can be controlled by medication. Um Combative clients in the home is a dangerous liability for anyone and everyone, the client and the caregiver. Um, You know, I'm all for holistic stuff, but sometimes people need a medication. And if we can't manage it in the home um, with medication or, you know, modifications, different things like massage, essential oils, all that, we've exhausted all that, then you have to do something that's safe for them. You know, you can't, Unless someone can afford 24-7 care, which some do, but sometimes it's not safe for our caregivers. So we have to make that decision depending on how combative they are or if they're running out of the house, if no one's watching them for 30 seconds, you know, like it's just not a safe Mm -hmm. situation. Um, But there's home modifications like the med box with the alarm. Um, We should have invented that too, because (laughs) all of most of them need it. the life alert stuff is such a scam. And that's another thing. There's so many scams for seniors. It's sad. I mean, I'll be doing a client mm-hmm. visit and they get 30 calls that are all scam, you know, scam calls. And mm-hmm. it's like convincing them that you're safe and you're to be trusted takes a special person. And that's why I'm really picky about who I send out in the home to do the visits, mm-hmm. because if they don't trust the first person that goes out, I mean, you're not going to get the client. So so I am curious. I don't know if there's such thing as this for you, but how do you balance this all? Like, you know, you're, you're, you know, entrepreneur, founder, growing a business, you're a nurse. Technically, you're still a nurse. Yeah. And you're a wife. I mean, you're all of these things. Like, how do you do it all? A lot of exercise. Uh, so Peloton has been my best friend in the past year. Um, I, I ride horses. So I go ride every yeah, Monday. <laughs> I grew yeah. up on a farm, actually. Tori's outlet. I know you guys both oh, did. I also grew up yeah. on a farm. So yeah. we love to hike. And really, it's just getting outside, balancing it all. <sighs> we try to do stuff 
we got in a rut uh, earlier this year, like post COVID, really bad COVID, like March through May of where we didn't do anything. And it was really bad for us. We're social people. We like to see our friends. And I think we were just tired and he travels for work and it was just tough. And we started to really start to try to get out there and safely do things again. And then that's really helped us balance like our mental stuff recently. I think that's big for Jake and I too. Like Mm we, we've, I think are coming out of our rut, but we'll go through ruts every now and then. I think for you, maybe similar to us, like we have to do something Mm -hmm. together away from Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. Like we have to go do something just, and we haven't done anything in a while. And I'm like, we're, we're due, but yeah, it's like that you have to reconnect and Mm -hmm. like refresh and like shut off for a second. And that's, it's a huge thing that. Yeah. Yeah. I made it like two days through 75 hard that like, whatever, you know, you got to drink a bottle or all this water and whatever and I made it through like two days so I say I'm doing I couldn't make it through one I'm doing like my modified version where I'm trying to read more trying to exercise of course I get a stress fracture in my foot you know it's just like one thing after another (laughs) so you just gotta roll with it roll with it and like Mm -hmm. make the time you just have to give yourself grace yeah yeah like I've seen a lot of people doing the 75 hard and things like that and I'm like I love the principles in it Mm-hmm. What is it? It's like do two workouts a day. One of them has to be outside. Like it promotes good things like get outside. You have to read a certain amount a day, drink a certain amount of water, follow a diet. I'm like down for all those principles. But I think for someone who's struggled a lot with weight and mental health and all these things mm-hmm. my entire life, there's one thing that I finally learned is that balance and giving mm-hmm. myself grace is the thing that has the most longevity. So to sit there and say that I need to be perfect with no mistakes for 75 days, it's ain't going to fucking happen. Right. Like you said, you kind of have to roll with it. Yeah. And I think learning to give yourself grace because every day you can't be 100% perfect. Like mm-hmm. that's just so that's I don't know. It's too rigid for me. But to say, yeah, I'm reading more. I'm getting outside more. I'm drinking mm-hmm. more water. Those are all amazing. So I'm like, I love the principles of those things, but I think learning to balance that with just the mindset of giving yourself grace is I like, like that would actually that give balance. me more anxiety. Yeah, me like, too. To be honest, like I feel like that would strike a little bit of like, I I would mm-hmm. actually make me feel like failure for not hitting yeah. the things that I should have. Yeah. I know people that have like yeah. had great success and I'm happy for them and I'm not diminishing or taking away from anyone's success. And I always say you got to find what works for you. But for me, I feel like giving myself grace and finding a middle balance has been the best thing longevity wise. That's just me. (laughs) Just eat really, really healthy for one week. And then now I might have three margaritas one night and then, you know, we're going to have a protein shake for dinner the next (laughs) night. So, you know, I love a little balance. Like we're trying. Well, and here's the thing too. I actually, okay. I'm not so much into the balance idea of like, you have to be balanced all the Mm -hmm. time. Like there's times like, and I know you feel this where, Sam and I are go, 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 go. And then we just like hit a wall and we're like, okay. But I don't even think balance has to be every day. It's like it could be a week of like sticking to something and then saying, okay, now I can go on vacation and relax. Like balance is also very fluid. Fluid. Maybe that's a good way to put it. Balance is fluid. Like it's not always, you know, and I think even like our partnership, right? There's times where Jacob picks up more on the back end than, you know, and there's times that I pick up more for him. So I think it's just... It's interesting, and I love hearing how people do that in their lives. Like, yeah, what works operate. for you? Yeah, how do you operate? Well, I'm the type of person that, like, I used to be able to wake up early, but I need to wake up at 8. Like, 
Seven thirty is too early. Eight thirty is too early late. for us. Eight eight is early <laughs> yeah. for us. I'm I am not a morning person. Yeah. And listening to your body too. Like I didn't do a good job of that back in the day, and I would just push, 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 and just say no. I mean, jeez, I love that. Yeah, Tori and I are like the opposite of just do it. Sometimes we're like do nothing, do nothing, yeah, do nothing. like do the opposite of what Nike's doing. I am turning my phone off for thirty minutes, and I'm taking a nap. Like I, I just you know, which I don't get to do very often, um, but you know, I want my people to be able to reach out to me, obviously, if they need something, but sometimes I just need 30 minutes or an hour. Yeah, but honestly, it makes you a better boss, right? Or five. Yeah, it's fine. The other day. But it makes you better, right? I'm a big nap girl, big fan of naps. There's actually a lot of science Mm -hmm. behind the importance for some people, Mm -hmm. not all people, but some people Mm -hmm. in napping. I require naps. I am literally like a animal that requires naps yeah there's a lot of actual like new science about like brain optimization Mm -hmm. and you know like the the science behind it and certain times you can feel it in your body and like I feel like that's something we just don't tap into Mm -hmm. enough and I'm a big advocate for sleep rooms like every freaking hospital needs a sleep room Mm -hmm. because I feel like some some people genuinely I think would operate better with like a why do you care what people do on their break exactly power nap like that a lot of people would really benefit from you're sharper you're better you feel a little refreshed yeah like, I know some hospitals are like you can't sleep like on your breaks it's why it's why? my break yeah. and if I have a 30 minute break and you want to power nap on 20 and come back refreshed why do you care well what used to piss me off is if we'd have to carry our ASCOM with us on break on break yeah Ew. Yeah. No. So no. Like, protected breaks. And they're like, well, you don't have, you can have someone else go, you know, help them. And I'm like, no, I'm still getting the call. I'm still getting the call while I'm trying to eat and scarf down food. You know, like I'm not clocking out if y'all are going to make me hold yeah. this phone. Protected like, breaks. Yeah. yeah. And I, Absolutely. those kind of things would definitely help bedside a lot. Um, being able to just take a nap or have a safe place to pump if you're breastfeeding or like, and I know some units do honestly, like my aunt works in the PACU and they have it made like at our hospital here. Like <laughs> PACU does have it made. PACU nurses are on to <laughs> they know what's good. Up. She's know. done it for like 30 something years and she's like so happy there. I mean, obviously she has her crazy people, but they're usually still like asleep and you know, they're just waking up and might throw up, but I mean, you know, give them some meds and ship them. Like, <laughs> so <friend. laughs> like it, um, good to go. Yeah. But they have like a super nice break room and they're always having parties. And I'm like, oh. that's life. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received mm. or that you could give that I could give? Um, I guess never sacrifice. And I used to do this a lot, uh, sacrifice myself for your business or for your other people. And there is a certain level of sacrifice, but when you're sacrificing your mental health or your relationship or your well-being, and you're like physically sick because you can't focus on yourself um, through it all, you have to focus on yourself. Like do not sacrifice yourself for really anyone, a man, woman, whatever, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, a business, same thing. And just, I've done a lot of sacrifice for this business and taken a lot of years off my life. I'm sure if I didn't dye my hair, I wonder if I'd be gray. Um, I don't really know. I've 
been blonde since I was <laughs> I like don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's like, just don't sacrifice your well-being for anything. Um, as you have to be healthy and well mentally to do a good job. And, and that's Love like that. nursing in general. Absolutely. Like you, you can't take care of your patients if you're not whole. Um, and I don't know how y'all are doing it, working in a hospital or any nurse right now. Mm. Like mental health is just we're, tough. We're hanging on. <laughs> yeah, we're hanging on. I, we're hanging on. I, I we have our you. craziness together. Well, like I miss, I miss, I do miss that part. I miss like the. I loved, I know it sounds horrible, but I loved hemorrhages. I loved like exciting things, you know, like that I had to use my skills and I was doing good. And, you know, I miss that. You're doing good and you got mad skills, girl. Well, I mean, don't worry about that. I do get to feel good, you know. You know what? I want to normalize this for you because it's like we have this thing and I talked to a lot of nurses who have left NICU or have left bedside and they're like, I miss the da 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 I'm like, yes, but you're in a place where you have new skills, you have new things going on. And I want to like, for all the nurses who have left the bedside, I'm like, good for you. Like, do your thing, do your business, mm-hmm. like shape the life that you want. And like, I get it. You missed a little bit, but I'm like, trust me, girl, like you have your own thing going on and you're leading for nurses in a new way, mm-hmm. which I think is also really important. And you're affecting yes. people in a new way, which I think is really important, especially for our elderly community. Yes. Like that Healthcare is does not just exist within the walls of a hospital and you're Absolutely. not any less of a nurse mm-hmm. if you work outside of the hospital. And so much of our health care should take place outside, outside of, of a hospital. hospital. So Absolutely. we need to normalize the fact that nursing doesn't like, thank God. Nursing is not just for, bedside. Right. Thank God for entrepreneurs like you. Yeah. Because we need this. We need it for our aging population, for our parents. We're all going to get old. My dad, my dad's 82 this year. Like, mm-hmm. God, I mean, like, I'm like, I'm going to be calling you to be like, who do I call yeah. in California to bring someone into my house? Yeah. I'm like, that's very real. Yeah. So, you know, I think that we need to normalize it we need to talk about it more and i'm so glad you came on today emily like yeah, it's been this great was, i know it's been great to discuss senior care senior for, care because that we it we have not addressed that on no, this podcast not, yet, so that's i'm why telling we're super you like no one to wants to talk about it you know i do because i love my my nanny rest love, i love her you know but I mean? yeah yeah I mean, but it's not, even it gets ignored. Me, it gets like, ignored. It gets ignored. And like, it's funny because my dad, I was, uh, my dad was 49 when I was born. So my dad's old, mm-hmm. right? So it's like in my face. This is like mm-hmm. right in my face right now. Like potentially yeah. I would genuinely need someone yeah. like you. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, we have a lot of people out there who, who are very invested in this idea just for this reason. So we're, mm-hmm. thank you so much. for And it's a on. huge need. There's, there's plenty yes. of room in the industry. We could probably have three more home care agencies here in Charlotte and still be full. I mean, which is crazy. It's, it's crazy. Everybody get into it. If you want to get into it, mm-hmm. reach out to well, we yeah. need to. We need to do better for our seniors. We really too. do. It's we, been bad. We need to do better for them. This past year has been bad. It's just they're they've definitely like been put to the wayside for sure. No, and I feel like during COVID, they were, like, in prison. Like, literally, oh. they're trapped in these homes. They can't get visitors. It's it. it Horror. It was I like I felt like uh, yeah I and I I could only imagine it was a horror story. I mean, my stepdad was in a like rehab after getting discharged, and we couldn't even go inside and visit him. And I'm like, there are people in jail that are getting like better care and treatment than our seniors, and it's absurd. Yep. So I I really just admire what you do. Thank yeah, you. Well, I admire what you guys yeah. do. Like, there's not a lot of us that 
you know, like to talk about, you know, touchy subjects or anything like oh, that. My and thing. like, <laughs> I actually we're like, bring the heat, baby. Yeah, I love no, it. I mean, yeah, I love it. Well, nurses are gets us in trouble, but it is like, what it is. You know, we're taught to yeah. just be comply, just comply, be in our place. Yes, yeah, take care of your people and do what you're supposed to do. And you know, I really appreciated your vaccine um podcast the other day because it changed my perspective on some of it because I'm not on the front lines you know like I kind of am but not like in the hospital so it changed my perspective a little bit and um I hope that you guys keep on doing what you're doing yeah in support of you as a as a business owner there you go thank you there you go baby well where can everyone (laughs) find you so we are at um tailored t-a-i-l-o-r-e-d home care inc like ink at gmail uh, not gmail you can email me at gmail.com um <laughs> but it's tailoredhomecareinc.com is our website and then we have all the socials uh instagram pinterest which is an seo tool by the way i mean we aren't love pinteresting anything pinterest. but yeah, uh, we maximize our pinterest yeah. yeah 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 instagram pinterest um Facebook, all of the things, LinkedIn, and it's okay. all tailored home INC. Yeah, tailored home, tailored home care, tailored awesome. home care INC. Well, thank you yeah. so thank much you for your time today, though. We appreciate you so no, much you talking with us. Me. Great, great talk. Thank you, and uh, we'll link everything down below okay. in the show notes. Sounds yeah. good. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Hi, ladies. Love her. Oh, that was so good. That was definitely. She's something new we brought onto the show, and I was a thousand percent. I love the invested. take on like we haven't had someone on that's had a, a business like this. Before. No, we haven't either. So I I think it's I really enjoy talking about healthcare that takes place outside of the hospital mm-hmm. because we get so caught up into nurses or only nurses if they work in the hospital. And it's like no no no, mm-hmm. there's a whole or different world out there. Mm-hmm. And on top of that. Nurses can be business owners. Absolutely. Love that for us. Love that for us. Yeah, I know. I mean, we need we need nurses in all walks of life, especially for this patient population. So I'm so glad that we were able to get her on today. All right, you guys, as you know, make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. Check the link in our bio. All of the funsies are there for you. All of our sponsors. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you when you support them because that supports us as well, you guys summer merch summer merch adorable love that for you um the let me live tie-dye sweatshirt you guys tori is far. all about that i'm obsessed i'm obsessed i'm That's... all about an unpopular opinion yeah hat this hat summer i live in it. that hat now it's like my your... life yeah i'm your... full of unpopular opinions though so <laughs> it makes sense and then bali trip i know you're starting to think about mm, 2022 vacation Now's the time. If you're How not going we- with us, you're going to regret it because yeah. we're going to have so much fun. How are we at the end of the year already? I have no idea. And like it's, it's like hurting my brain. Like we're almost like, I'm we're at the end of the year, like getting towards the end of the year. It's crazy. <sighs> have you put in like holiday requests yet? Yes. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's nutty. I can't. I'm, <laughs> I can't not, I'm not prepared. All right, you guys. And as you know, please rate and review. Download, subscribe. That is the biggest way you can support us is downloading the episodes, 
like downloading leaving a review click those five stars and we send you free shit (laughs) absolutely and you guys truly though those are the things that really really mean so much to us we get a lot of dms and there have been a couple people that i'm like hey can you put that in the review and we'll send you a swag back too i'm like because we love the dms but these are like it's so validating it helps us go through the charts like itunes that's how we get recognized is with those rating reviews and not only that like we cry we cry when we read these we're like a little emotional I may have like a black heart, black soul, black coffee kind of lifestyle, but your reviews warm it up. (laughs) It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. We love you guys. And of course, we'll be sending you some swag. So make sure you put your Insta handle in the review and make sure you're following us on our Instas. At Hey Samantha with two A's. And at Nurse Tori. And And stick around for a bonus episode on Friday. Bye. Bye.